And in this corner, weighing in at 11, a week of new movies. And in the other corner, weighing in at a lady never tells, Billiam. Look, I want a good clean fight. No easy Michael Bay jokes. This is the week of September 23rd, and this is Future Flicks. I really don't know what I was going for. He's trying to obviously be a boxing announcer, but it was... But it was almost like an old news host. This just in, the war's over, the boys are coming home. So, whatever whatever that was, it's Future Flicks, and welcome. This is episode 14, and in the interest of moving forward, let's start with some news. It seems like every week someone has passed away, and this week it's Charmaine Carr. She died at the age of 73. Why would you know her? Well, she played the eldest Von Trapp daughter in The Sound of Music. Been way too long since I've seen that, so I may have to pull it out just to watch it again. Uh, In other news, Brian Cranston said that he would be willing to play Donald Trump in a movie. That could be very terrifying, because Brian Cranston is a really good actor, and I bet you he would not stop until he got the impression dead on. So let's, let's see where that goes. Let's see if anyone buys that. Uh, The first pictures of J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon in Justice League were released last week. I I really hope that Justice League breaks the bad streak that DC has had with their latest movies. They have been so close to being really good, but they fall short just due to them trying to cram too much into one movie. So Justice League looks good, but guess what? Batman v Superman looked good. Suicide Squad looked good. And while they were enjoyable, I will watch both of those movies again. They couldn't even hold a candle to anything Marvel has done. Like Marvel is just winning the game, and I think it's because DC doesn't just sit back and let the movies be made. Rumor has it that DC is going to change the way they're doing the movies from Justice League on, so we'll see if that has any effect on what they're putting out. Well, that's it for the news. Let's get on with the movies, and you know what? Let me just tell you what I'm drinking. For the first half, I will be enjoying an Eel River Brewing IPA. It's a little fruity. There's a little hop start and a little bite of hops in the beginning, and then it just gets fruity. So, yeah, if you, if you don't mind fruity beers, go for this one. There are 11 movies coming out this week. And let's get right into my pick, which is Magnificent Seven. Seven gunmen in the Old West partner up to help a village as being harassed by a group of bandits. This stars Denzel Washington from Training Day, Ethan Hawke from Training Day, Chris Pratt from Training Day, no, from Guardians of the Galaxy, Vincent D'Onofrio, he's been in a lot, but most recently you know him as the kingpin in the Daredevil TV show. This has Byung-Hoon Lee, who is in G.I. Joe, Manuel Garcia Rulfo from, from the Dusk Till Dawn TV show, Haley Bennett from Hardcore Henry, and Matt Bomer from White Collar. The original Magnificent Seven had Yul Brenner, Steve McQueen, and Charles Bronson, and um, mm, who else? Eli Wallach. And it's a classic. It is a true classic. It proves that you can take an idea that's already been done, remake it, rebrand it, and have it be great. That is, of course, reference to the fact that this idea was taken from the Japanese film Seven Samurai, which is 
also a classic. So this new one was a very dangerous undertaking. It can backfire tremendously. You're going to have people who are married to the original Japanese movie and also and also people who love the original western. You're also going to have people who are sick of remakes. And so they already have that going against them. On the other hand, there's a big group of moviegoers that just want to see sh- blow up. And that's why the Transformers movies do so well. This remake looks like it's going to be a nice mix of great acting and flashy battle scenes. Denzel's a huge action star and Chris Pratt is the action star no one saw coming. This new Magnificent Seven looks like it's probably going to be the epitome of fun while also being a decently put together flick. It'll be ignored come award time, of course, but it can easily be a fan favorite if people would actually get their butts in the theater seats. I have not seen a movie in a theater for, was it a month now? I think it's been more than that since I wrote a movie review for Somewhat Nerdy, just because nothing has really interested me enough to get me in that seat. Even my picks, even my weekly pick, which I recommend to you guys, I do want to see, but when work's over, I'm just like, ugh. I want to go home, I want to drink a beer, I want to work on my podcast notes, or I want to play a video game. The basic plot to this looks the same, and they're just changing who the seven are. How they defend the town will probably be different, but what's interesting to me is that they turned this town, or they changed the town, because in the original, if you remember, it's a Mexican village that needs defending from bandits. Now it looks, at least I believe, because the only townsperson I saw in the trailer was Haley Bennett, but it looks like it's an American town. So it looks like they took the div- what little diversity the first one had, but they added the diversity in other places, adding Denzel Washington, Byung Hung Lee, and Manuel Garcia Rufo. Rufo? Rufo? Rufio. Now that's someone different. And so that, that was an interesting choice. We'll, we'll see how that works out. This is an all-star cast movie written by Nick Pizzolatto, who wrote True Detective, and Richard Wenk, I believe Wenk, who wrote such movies like The Mechanic and The Equalizer, the, the new Denzel one, not the old TV show, and 16 Blocks. This is directed by one of my favorite directors, Antoine Fuqua, who did movies like Training Day, Shooter, and Olympus Has Fallen. This man knows action. Like, say what you will about Shooter and Olympus Has Fallen as far as the plot goes. Action films, they were fantastic. All signs point to this being a great movie, so that's why it's my pick. My vote, see it in theaters. Next up on the list is a movie I almost didn't talk about just because I didn't think it was worth it, but who knows? Maybe you know someone who would watch this. This movie is called Sister Cities. Four sisters reunite after their mother's suicide. This stars Troyan Belisario from Pretty Little Liars and daughter of creator of Awful TV, Donald Belisario, has Stanek Kaddick from the show Castle, and Michelle Trachtenberg, if you remember her from The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Remember that show? That was a great show. Sister Cities is a made-for-TV film, and that's not always a bad thing. It's a Lifetime original movie. That's a bad thing. In the trailer, they show the mom talking about killing herself, show the mom kill herself, and then go on to try and add mystery to it. What really happened? We know what happened. This old woman killed herself. She says it. You show it. There's no mystery. 
Like she was tired of living and she also wanted to bring her estranged daughters together. So she killed herself. And then they're trying to hint that there's more to it, that the eldest daughter or the middle daughter, one of the daughters, it doesn't matter which one, is hiding something. Hiding what? It was a suicide. They acknowledge that it was a suicide. The, the, the coroner or the cop or whoever acknowledges it was a suicide. What's the mystery? Here's the mystery. Why would anyone watch this? This trailer makes this movie look like every other Lifetime movie ever. Lifetime makes movies, like really bad. My mom is a fan, I'm going to use sarcastic air quotes, of these kinds of movies because she can have them on in the background while she works. And it's so mindless that she can just start watching when she's done, like just join the show in the middle and she hasn't missed a thing. I once had a performance and presentation teacher who gave us only one instruction when picking a performance piece to study. We could pick almost anything. Want to do part of an obscure play? Go right ahead. Do you want to do a scene from the Gummy Bears cartoon? Do it. The only restriction was that it couldn't be a Lifetime or Hallmark original movie. He said that they were poorly written and so much so that you couldn't gain anything useful from studying them besides what not to do when you write. Lifetime original movies have a stigma associated with them just like sci-fi originals do, except that sci-fi knows they're terrible and they milk it to death. Lifetime, on the other hand, doesn't know it. They're simplistic and contrived. It's such a well-known issue that movies that come out that actually get theater time that have a weak plot or poor acting are made fun of and compared to Lifetime movies. What bothers me is that Lifetime's slogan is, or at least, at least it used to be, television for women. Don't women deserve better television? Don't we all? Here's my vote, pass. Don't even watch this channel. It just has bullcrap on. The only thing, the only good thing Lifetime ever had on it is when it did reruns of Unsolved Mysteries, and that was awesome. These next few movies are brought to you by Hopzeet, Autumn IPA by Deschutes Brewery. Yeah, that first beer didn't last long at all. Not, not at all, especially when talking about terrible movies like that last one. I drink to forget. <laughs> I, I don't, that's a lie. Next on the list is Dirty 30. Kate is 30, almost, and she isn't where she wants to be in life. So she decides to turn it all around at her party. This stars Mamrie Hart from Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23, and if you watch epic rap battles, she was Julia Child. It also has Grace Helbig, who's a comedian, if you're familiar with the comedy scene these days, and Hannah Hart from the TV show Words with Girls, and she was also in epic rap battles. She played Bonnie from Bonnie and Clyde. Interestingly enough, the two hearts are not related. When the trailer started, I thought this was going to be a unique and interesting movie, but it quickly turned into a finding yourself party movie. And what made me think it was going to be interesting was the fact that in the trailer, Kate gets a letter that she wrote herself in high school as a project. And since she's turning 30, her old teacher mailed them out. That is really interesting. That could, that could be used to write a completely unique movie. My high school English teacher, Miss Demings, did something similar where we wrote letters to our future selves and I believe it was senior year she sent them to us and I wrote that I would have asked the girl I liked out and that I would have finished writing the story I was working on and blah blah blah, none of that happened. The same thing kind of happens to Kate where nothing she wanted to happen happened and it makes her reevaluate her life. That part is interesting. Oh, okay. Don't get me wrong. 
I'm kind of making fun of this for being a finding yourself party movie, but it could still be very fun. In fact, it looks pretty funny. Grace Helbig, Mamrie Hart, and Hannah Hart are hilarious. This was also written by Mamrie Hart. This definitely is the kind of movie that I would watch, but like I say a lot on this podcast, just not in theaters. This does look like a good comedy, but there's a better looking comedy coming out this week, and I'll talk about that next. So for now, here's my vote for Dirty 30. Pass. Watch it at home. That funnier movie I was talking about is called My Blind Brother. Two brothers fight over a woman they both have feelings for as one brother helps the other one, who is blind, train for a charity swimming competition. This stars Jenny Slate from Parks and Rec, Adam Scott from Parks and Rec, and Nick Kroll from The League. This looks really good and was almost my pick of the week, but what made it lose out was that if I had time to see only one, it would be Magnificent Seven. A blind main character isn't something you see every day. Get it? That's a joke. See what I did there? Boom! Another one! You're welcome. I'm sorry, that was bad. Alright, I I laughed a lot during this trailer, and that's a really good sign. As obvious as a thing, as that is to say, there are trailers for comedies that don't make me laugh, but they still look good. Dirty 30 didn't make me laugh in the trailer, but I have a feeling that when I eventually see it, the movie will still make me laugh. This trailer had me laughing. The cast is a pretty reliable one on two fronts. A, they're all funny actors who have done some really good comedies, and B, they're just really good actors in general. The fact that one of the brothers is blind adds a whole new layer of possible jokes, a few of which they actually show in the trailer, and what's great is that the situation is funny, not the blind guy. So they're not making fun of him for being blind, but they're using the disability to play off of for jokes. That's better, right? Yeah, that's better. Pretty sure it's better. At least I feel better about it. I feel better laughing about it. So yeah, we'll go with that. It's better. Yay! One of the strikes against this movie, which helped Magnificent Seven be my pick, is that the trailer kind of hints at which brother she leans towards and may, and also may ultimately pick. This film may not actually go in that direction at all and may pull a 180, but the trailer at least seems like it's going to give a hint at where the movie goes. This movie is based off a short film done by the writer and director Sophie Goodhart, who hasn't really done much. She directed a movie called The Locksmith that I've never even heard of, so I really have nothing to go off for this movie. The short My Blind Brother starred Tony Hale, who was Buster in Arrested Development, and John Maddy, who has really done nothing big. Uh, he's the other brother, and I'm not sure who plays Slate's part because the names have changed. And I always feel bad when a short film is remade and also recast. I, I can see why they did this, though, because Slate, Scott, and Kroll may not be the biggest names, but they're better known than Tony Hale and John Maddy. Hale may be really good, but in this case, I think the recast was a good idea. I lump my blind brother in with movies like Stuck in Love that are really good but are going to be overlooked in the theater and it's a shame because they're worth a watch. So let me wrap this one up with my vote is you see this movie no matter how you do it. If Magnificent Seven is not your type of movie then you make this your pick. We have one more movie before the break and that is Beauty and the Beast. 
All right, you, you know the story. It's a tale as old as time. This stars Vincent Castle from movies like Black Swan and Jason Bourne and Leigh Seydoux from Spectre and Blue is the Warmest Color. This interpretation bears little resemblance to the Disney animated movie or the upcoming Disney live action film. When you Google live action Beauty and the Beast, the most popular results are the pages and articles regarding the 2017 movie with Emma Watson. To find this version, you have to add 2014 to your search. Why, you may ask? Well, I'm so glad you asked. That is because that when this movie was released, it came out in France on February 12th, 2014, and it was well received in Europe, but for some reason it's taken over two years to get here. And, and you know what? The timing couldn't have been worse. With the live-action Disney version looming around the corner, there's going to be an unfortunate comparison between the two, and since this isn't a Disney movie, my instincts tell me that it's going to be closer to the source material than the Emma Watson version is going to be. But then again, the trailer for this showed someone using a giant beanstalk and then fighting on the back of a giant. Okay, I don't remember. I really don't remember the fable that well. But I think that I remember that a giant was never used in any big battle. I'd almost be willing to bet money on it, but I don't do well with gambling. Ask the craps tables at the Luxor, all right? They, they, they know, they have my money. Okay, but all this talk about the source material, here's the thing about that. Disney is notorious for doing what Ever the hell they want with a story and just saying to hell with the source material we're Disney but is that really so bad okay sure it is if you care about a true retelling but wasn't the Beauty and the Beast cartoon fun it's still a fantastic part of my childhood I still love watching that movie I am 33 years old and I still watch old Disney movies and they're still great isn't the Little Mermaid still a classic even though she doesn't die in the end like she's supposed to in the fable all right i should actually be talking about this version of beauty and the beast does it look good sure it actually looks really good will it do it well in american theaters no it's going to go down in flames but i'm not talking about the swedish metal band in flames i'm talking about in flames like the hindenburg this isn't going to do well at all the acting seems fine, and the visuals are just okay. We're really spoiled in America as far as CG in movies goes. Any of you have ever read one of my movie reviews, you'll know that I'm super critical about bad CG and expensive blockbusters, but am more willing to forgive it for low-budget and foreign films. Beauty and the Beast is the type of movie that will benefit from my benevolent forgiveness because some of the scenes look straight out of a Hollywood movie from the 90s. This version of Beauty and the Beast looks interesting but skippable. The kind of movie that may be worth a watch should you ever stumble upon it, but it's not worth the effort to look for it. My vote, check it out at home if you find the time. Other than that, skip it. And well, my friends, my dear listeners, it is time for our break. So it is time for a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. And I do have a gripe about them. I do. That they don't live in California, so I can be part of it. That is really inconsiderate. Can't they just pick up and move their entire lives over here just so I can be in their podcast? I mean, come on, guys. Is it that hard? Here's our break. Yeah. 
Imagine yourself on a journey with the somewhat nerdy radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the somewhat nerdy radio podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. And we're back. All right. Who here loves wrestling? Raise your paps blue ribbon. Okay, I, I jest. I love wrestling. I just don't get to watch it anymore because I'm always working nights. Also, did you know that a lot of people at Somewhat Nerdy and Somewhat Nerdy Radio love wrestling? Rumor is that they're working on some new pro wrestling related projects, so keep your eyes open for that. As many wrestling fans will tell you, the heyday of pro wrestling, a time I miss a lot, was really the attitude era of the WWE. And even the time that directly followed that. We have lost some great wrestlers due to time. It's a really hard sport. Yes, 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 fake, blah, blah, blah. We know that's not why we like it. It is entertaining and fun, but it's also really a, a really taxing sport. And staged or not, it's still a lot for someone to do night after night. And so lots of these people have to retire really early, just like football players, just like basketball players, just like baseball players, just like any other athlete has to do. Why did I bring this up, you may ask? Because of my next movie, Interrogation. FBI interrogator Lucas Nolan and IT specialist Becky. <laughs> Her name's just Becky. They didn't even give her a last name. And it's Becky. She's not even worth a last name. I'm surprised that Lucas is worth a last name. They didn't even try that hard. Lucas Nolan. By the way, I'm sorry if your name is Lucas Nolan. But... <laughs> oh, no. <clears throat> Back to the movie. And an IT specialist named Becky team up to solve the riddle of a terrorist's true target before time runs out and people die. This movie stars one Adam Copeland, who is also known by his ring name, Edge. And so Edge is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Kids of my generation loved Hulk Hogan. Next came the era of Stone Cold and The Rock. Now it's John Cena. And all of them are, are great. They're, they really are great wrestlers. But Edge is one of my all-time favorites because he was amazing. He had top-notch mic skills. He was actually a good wrestler. And he was so charismatic that he could sell being a heel or a face with ease. Even when the crowd hated him. They still loved him. He was a true performer who was forced to retire due to a serious injury, and the WWE has never been the same. This also stars C.J. Perry, Lana was her stage name, and is produced by WWE Pictures. <laughs> Alright, getting through the synopsis was, up, you know, as you heard, a little hard for me just because it's so silly, but WWE Pictures is the sci-fi originals of the silver screen. They put out a lot of cheesy movies that are really great for a laugh, but they, they seem to know it. And even though there's not a lot of jabs at themselves in the movies, there's something about the way that they present the movies that makes it seem that they're self-aware. Interrogation looks like it fits right in the middle of a good movie and a laughable movie. Adam Copeland is a really good actor. His charisma in the ring carried over perfectly to TV. He was on the sci-fi original show Haven, and he's set to be in the fifth season of History Channel's Viking, or Vikings. 
plural, because there are multiple Vikings. This movie is going to be terrible, but the kind of terrible where you can at least sit back and enjoy it. I would gladly own this movie, but only after it goes on super sale. I guess that brings me to my vote. I really don't think there's anything else to say about this. Watch the trailer, you'll see exactly what I mean. My vote is pass on this for now, but keep it in mind for later as a mindless action flick. So I'm going to interrupt myself to correct myself because I'm editing right now and I realized that there was a mistake I made. It's Ben Schnetzer in this next film who is the abused one, not Nick Jonas. So every time I talk about Nick Jonas being the abused one, just realize I mean Ben Schnetzer who is in such movies as Pride and Warcraft. Next up on the list is Goat. A boy enrolls into a college with his brother and decides to join the same fraternity. But things turn dark when the hazing turns into assault. Okay, hasn't this movie been done before? I just think that this is one of these one of those topics that have been done before. I mean, hasn't it? It has to have been done before. College hazing horror stories have been around for a while now. Has, hasn't someone made a movie about this yet? I mean, there, there was one, there was one where this guy, this kid was being hazed by a fraternity as part of the, you know, as part of getting in. And he happens to witness a murder during it or something. But other than that, I can't remember a college hazing movie. So you know what? If you can think of one, let me know. Check out the show notes for my email and Twitter or just leave a comment. Just let me know if there's something I'm missing because I know, I know there's something out there I'm missing. Okay, but anyway, this movie stars James Franco for movies like 128 Hours and Pineapple Express and Nick Jonas, who is one of the Jonas Brothers. All right, this movie's going to be dark. It's going to be really dark. The trailer doesn't even give a hint that things will be okay at all all and my money is on nick jonas's character flipping out and either killing himself killing someone else or both goat is a dark story and it had to be dark there's no other way this story can be told things like this really happen and probably worse things than they even show in this movie maybe things that even haven't been said because of the whole brotherhood thing and when the people are done getting hazed into the fraternity there's fraternity they're so indoctrinated that they won't come forward this movie is going to be the kind of movie that you don't come out feeling okay from that it's either going to make you think and wonder do things like this still go on or you are going to come out feeling down just because it left you on such a sour note if you watch this movie just be warned that's going to be heavy and real just like my but, but seriously, only see this if you're in the mood for an intense drama. There are really troubling scenes of violence and forced drinking and self-harm. And even the trailer just builds up this constant feeling of constant feeling that something terrible is going to happen. It just shows a whole bunch of kids wanting to pledge a fraternity, getting quizzed on random trivia questions, and even if they get it right, they still are forced to drink straight out of a bottle of alcohol. And there's even a scene in the trailer where Nick Jonas is sitting in a car, just keeps on slapping himself in the face, all while there's this this voiceover of one of the fraternity members asking James Franco, man, this guy's going nuts, is he okay? And James Franco just saying, man, this is how we do it. Fraternities and sororities, for that matter, are supposed to be about brotherhood and companionship and somewhere along the way for certain certain frats not even not even the whole fraternity like nationwide fraternity but just certain chapters that that was lost it became more of just a sick 
a sick power game. So be really careful when you watch this movie. And that's my vote. You may want to see this one, but be careful when you do because it's going to be dark. It's going to be like Nightcrawler level dark. And you know what? Let's go for three movies with dark themes. Just three in a row. Yay. Yay for happiness. All right. Let's go. Next is Honey Trap. A 15-year-old girl moves in with her mother and, desperate to fit in, joins the wrong crowd and gets involved in gang activity. You'd really expect a movie like this to take place in Detroit or Oakland or some other notorious American city, but it takes place in London. Brixton, to be exact. When I think of hardcore gang activity, the UK is one of the last places that comes to mind, but I guess that's just my preconceived notions getting in the way. Because apparently it is a thing. That gangs are not an American invention. This is another dark movie about a girl who just is trying to find something, find something to belong to, but ends up falling for this guy who is in a gang and hanging out with these girls who are also in a gang and just gets into all these awful situations and doesn't think to run when things get violent even towards her. The guy she falls for becomes possessive and she gets another friend who's not part of this gang life, but that makes her boyfriend jealous, so he threatens the other dude's life every time he's around her, and that honey trap does have this glimmer, this slight iota, a little spark of hope that maybe things will go all right, that maybe she'll get out, and maybe she'll go with this good guy who's her friend and doesn't want her in gang activity and all that stuff, but I don't think that that's gonna be the case. This seems like one of those hard truth movies, just like Goat. This movie stars Jessica Sula, who was in the original TV show Skins, not the MTV remake, but the original one, and Lucien Laviscount. Wow, I, I think I got that right on the first try. Good good job, me. Laviscount. Laviscount. I did it. Lucien Laviscount, who was in the show Scream Queens for one season last year. Honey Trap looks like one of those movies that wants to pass along or try to impart the message on people that just because you're involved in gang activity doesn't mean that you're some awful human being. For some people, it's the only thing they know. For some people, it's the only thing they can do. They have no other option. And that's what makes me think this movie could be just as dark as Goat. It still has a chance to go the lighter route and have her learn her lesson and go with the nice guy and get out of the life or the movie can just follow her in her downward spiral as she gets more and more wrapped up in it until she can't leave so this movie looks interesting but i don't think it's going to get a very wide release at all so for this one if this movie interests you you're going to have to check it out on dvd or streaming and my vote for this one is if anything about that synopsis interests you at all, then definitely check it out. It could be a hidden gem that's going to be missed by a lot of people. But other than that, see something that makes you smile. The next light-hearted laugh fest is called IT. Mike Reagan is the owner of a company that's on the verge of exploding. He needs help with his computers at home, so he brings in an IT expert who becomes obsessed with him and his family, especially his daughter, and starts to attack them through every technological thing the family owns. 
This movie stars Pierce Brosnan, who was, of course, the James Bond prior to Daniel Craig, James Frenchville from a movie called Animal Kingdom back in 2010, and Stephanie Scott, who was the main character of Insidious 3. Alright, this one does look pretty interesting. The trailer starts out making it look like a typical obsession movie with some dude like having a very unhealthy obsession with a family and going to such lengths as to hacking into their, their home computer system and watching them through webcams and and messing with their lives through getting into their fancy tech house and what have you but it looks like it turns into a taken-esque movie when pierce brosnan's character decides you know what i'll kick the guy's butt i'll do that and and so then from that point on it starts to look like more of an action movie so keeping that in mind i'm actually impressed that they took two movies, like two tired ideas, and combined it into one that looks like it could actually be interesting. Pierce Brosnan is a good actor, and the other two people in it, yeah, yeah they've, they've done stuff. <laughs> I don't know enough about them. I really liked Insidious 3, but that's the only thing I've ever seen that girl in. This looks like another movie that looks decent, but isn't good enough to get people excited and into the theaters. I will more than likely watch this maybe a couple years later. I'll be channel surfing. It'll be on somewhere. I'll go, oh yeah, that movie. I remember talking about that and I'll watch it. Or I'll move somewhere where I get good internet and I'll get streaming again. And I'll be on Netflix or Hulu and go, oh, look at that. It's that Pierce Brosnan movie with that girl from Insidious. Yeah, I'll watch that. What I will definitely not say is, oh, that I saw in theaters. I'm not going to say that because I'm not going to see it. Another reason I'm not going to see it is that any movie with hacking in it is really hit or miss just because a lot of movies and TV shows get computer things just so terribly wrong. That's why I've been so impressed with Mr. Robot. Alright, I'm just going to keep this one short because I, I really don't have enough to say about this movie just because it's it's just too mediocre. I don't love it enough to say more and I don't hate it enough to say more. So here's my vote is just pass on this. If you happen to stumble across it one day, give it a shot. Other than that, watch something else. Watch Magnificent Seven or Blind Brother. Let's move on to an uplifting movie, shall we? That movie is called Storks. Storks haven't delivered babies for a while. Instead, they deliver packages. But an error occurs and a baby appears because that's how it works. And the delivery company's best stork must deliver the baby and fix the error before anyone notices. This is one of those animated movies with a really big cast, so I'm just going to go down the list and not name what you know them from because Google. This has Andy Samberg, Jennifer Aniston, Ty Burrell, Kelsey Grammer, Keegan-Michael Key, and Jordan Peele, and Danny Trejo. This one actually looks good. The trailer made me laugh. Though there were certain parts of the trailer that almost killed it for me, that just looked stupid, but then it quickly brought it back with some really funny scenes. This looks like it's going to be a heartwarming comedy, but isn't that what we expect these days from our wonderfully animated movies, from things like Finding Dory and Zootopia? Is that not only should the movie look beautiful, but it should also be funny, but have an overall positive message, because that's what we want to give kids, right? Positive messages. Yay! What I like about this is it seems like a pretty unique story idea. And that's, it's kind of weird for 
animated movies that either they come up with they, you know, the royal they, the people that are behind all these movies, come up with some really unique idea that I would have never thought of, or they just straight up copy something that's been done before and slap a new title on it. Like that, that, That's the two schools of animated movies, and luckily this one looks like it's from the former. This movie looks like it's being pushed pretty hard, and I can tell that by the pop-up banner on my browser right now. Magnificent Seven is also being pushed pretty hard, and other than those two, none of the movies I've talked about I've seen any trailers for. And I have been allowing myself to watch more TV recently, just so I can just so I can pay attention to these things and, you know, not work all the time. So there's something. Yay! Storks is written and directed by Nicholas Stoller, who was one of the writers on movies like Yes Man, Get Him to the Greek, Neighbors, and The Muppets. That is a really impressive pedigree as far as comedies go. And so that's one of the things that really makes me think this movie is going to be worth it. And again, another reason I saved it for the end, or a reason I saved it for the end, just because I started out with Magnificent Seven and My Blind Brother crapped on a whole bunch of movies, and then we're going to end with two movies that look pretty good. I'm making movie sandwiches, but this time the bread is the good stuff. And all the crap is in the middle. So you may just want to dump the crap out and just eat the bread. If this analogy is to work, that's what you should do. Wasn't there an animated movie I just took a huge dump all over not not even a couple weeks ago? Oh, oh, that's right. It was the Robinson Crusoe one. Okay, what I like about Storks is that it doesn't look like there's some gigantic stereotype character in it. And that also that they didn't just steal an idea from somewhere else and then just make up something interesting around it. Sure, Storks delivering babies. It's an old belief or it's an old story, yada, yada, yada. But they didn't take a character from a beloved piece of literature and just make their own thing around it. They just straight up did their own thing. They went, okay, storks deliver babies. Now they deliver packages. Let's go from there. And I want to support this kind of originality. This kind of original thought is what's going to keep interesting movies coming out. Is this movie going to be one of the best of the year or make anyone's top 10 list? Probably not. But if we keep supporting movies with original ideas, or at least movies that have a worthwhile attempt at originality, if we support those, then hopefully movies like that will keep on coming out. This movie looks like it's worth a watch. If you have kids, this is what you see this week. This is your movie. Hell, if you like cartoons, this is your movie. So if Magnificent Seven and My Blind Brother isn't up your alley, here's your pick then. This is gonna be it. Here's my vote is you watch this movie. Maybe you ignore my pick of Magnificent Seven and you watch this instead. That's how interesting it looks. And my dear friends and listeners, we have one movie to go this week, and I saved an interesting one for last. This movie is called The Dressmaker. A glamorous woman returns to her small town in Australia. She comes equipped with her sewing machine and hot, H-A-U-T-E, style. That's literally what they have printed there. I'm not trying to be clever or anything. She then transforms the women and exacts sweet revenge on those who did her wrong. This movie stars Kate Winslet from Titanic, Liam Hemsworth from the Hunger Games series, you know, he was the wrong choice, and Hugo Weaving. You would know him as Agent Smith from The Matrix. This looks like a fun movie where a woman gives other women makeovers to help build their confidence. And it also has a hint of mystery because what exactly did she do to make the people in the town hate her? 
also, what does she need revenge for? I really like the fact that they don't hint at what she did or what was done to her. Kate Winslet is a great actress who can bring extraordinary depth to what could easily be a two-dimensional character. This gives me a Pleasantville sort of vibe where she ends up changing the entire town for the better while she works on her quest. The dressmaker could have easily been a vapid and shallow movie, but it looks like the new dresses and makeovers are used more as a confidence booster to help the women get what they want themselves instead of having the sudden change of looks be the sole cause of the change. There's a romantic story in this movie that looks a little more predictable, while the heart of the movie, what Kate Winslet's character did and what she's fighting for, remains more of a mystery. I just hope that when the mystery is revealed, it's not going to be something stupid. I hope it's something that's going to help endear her character to us, or to make her revenge that much sweeter. My vote on this one is to check it out once it comes out on DVD or streaming, but I doubt this is going to be up many people's alleys for a theater trip. So ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this week. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for your support. Please, please don't forget to hit like or to subscribe or to give me five-star rating or do whatever you do, however you listen to this. Please don't forget to show the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast a lot of love. Also, give the Watch Your Mouth Podcast a lot of love because they do some great work, too. I've been recently just going back into their backlog and listening to everything, and it's hilarious. And my dear friends, don't forget to hit me up. Ask me questions if you have any. Say hi to me. Check out the show notes for this to find my email and Twitter. You know what? I'm going to be generous and give it to you over the sound waves. Hit me up at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter at BilliamSWN. You can always like Somewhat Nerdy on Facebook. Don't forget to do that. Or just leave me comments on SoundCloud or the Somewhat Nerdy website or however you listen to this. And just remember, my fellow movie lovers, that wherever this week takes you, wherever you go, whatever you do, just make some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy. And that's a wrap.